0: I would just say there's one misperception of our veterans, and that is they are somehow damaged goods. Although if we tell our veterans enough that this is what's wrong with them, they
1: may actually start believing Hey, this is Tommy from Recon Rings, and you're listening to Dead Reckoning Radio. Use code DEADRECKONING to save 10% off any purchase at reconrings.com. Recon Rings, for those that live kinetic lives. In this episode, we have Jericho Dimon. Jericho spent over 15 years of his Army career in the 75th Ranger Regiment until his final assignment as an ROTC instructor in New York City. We get into this transition as well as how he found his feet in the film industry as a military technical advisor. If you're curious about how a veteran can work their way into Hollywood or you know someone who has similar aspirations, share this episode as he drops some real knowledge bombs about lessons learned and great practices for a solid career. Hey Jericho, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? I'm great. Wonderful. We've been uh, trying to do this for a while, so I'm glad we finally nailed down a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not. I've been <laughs> trying to dodge you, dude. That's why. Uh, but I didn't have any excuses today. That's so. what I heard. Yeah. That's all right. Well, when we're on the same coast, we'll fight. <laughs> um. So we'll we'll kind of start it off with uh with you and you know uh kind of kind of family upbringing you came up in. You came from a military family, and uh, you know if that inspired you to join the military. Um, you know, is that, is that what kind of happened?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was that simple. I don't think, uh, you know, as, as, uh, so like, yeah, I was a, uh, I was an army brat. My dad, uh, retired, uh, first sergeant 23 years in the army. Um, so I was kind of around it all the time. It wasn't necessarily something I was always going to do. Of course, as a, as a, as a little kid, I was always, you know, wearing army shit and saying, I want to be in the army, but you know, it might as well have been a cop or a fireman, you know, it wasn't yeah. because, uh, but, uh, yeah. And then through, throughout, uh, kind of like my adolescence, I wasn't really, um, all that dead set on going to the military until, you know, until, until the, uh, you know, around the senior year of high school and it's like, Oh, you're going to have to fucking do something. Yeah. Um,
1: Go and, somewhere and uh, do something. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, and and not to say that I had to. Um, mm. My parents were great. I had a really good, you know, supportive set of parents who, if I'd said, "Hey, I want to," you know, "I want to open an artisanal hot sauce stand," they would have been like, "Okay, we'll support you," you know. Um, but I, I definitely just wanted to get the fuck out of the house and, and stand on my own two feet. And uh, I hated school; it didn't challenge me. Um, yeah. So, you know, as uh, a <clears throat> in that senior year, I, I definitely knew I was going to be doing something. I, I looked into art school even, um, just cause I, I always liked drawing and shit. And, uh, I took a lot of art in high school. My dad's a really good artist. Uh, so yeah, I, I looked into a lot of things, including every other service, you know, I wasn't dead set on going in the army. And then, uh, you know, it just turned out to be kind of the, the best deal was the the route I took or, or the best deal that I, I, the, the best deal I thought it was maybe I, I should have been a, you know, a light wheel vehicle mechanic in the Marine Corps or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> and did, so did you know exactly what you <coughs> wanted to do when you went in? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: at, once I settled on it, you know,
1: like I said, I, I talked to every recruiter because <clears throat> um, your dad was, I, was a ranger as well. Right.
0: Yeah, well, you know, my dad was a ranger, but that was a pretty uh short a pretty beef stint in his career. I mean right. when he was a ranger, things were different. There was no ranger regiment yet. Yeah. You know. It was uh still very much a it wasn't a fenced unit how it is now, so <clears throat> you can't you can't camp out there and stay forever. So he did, you know, uh about four years in Second Ranger Battalion. He jumped into grenade with Ranger Battalion. And and he's you know, throughout his career when I was a kid, he that was seen as kind of like the uh the shining star of his career, you know, he always spoke on that with uh, the most, uh, you know, nostalgia and shit. Um, he was he was a medic though, so he, he kind of told me like, hey, whatever route you take, just just be a fucking grunt, don't be uh, anything else, because you know, life's just better for those guys, you know. But but come to find out, that was just sour grapes. My dad just being salty about that, man, <laughs> carry a fucking aid bag. Uh, but yeah, I I uh, you know I went to the neighbor care I looked at at Buds and I looked at, uh, going to the CCT or PJ pipeline, um, talk to the Marines briefly, but you know, the thing that kind of like, uh, for back then, like when I joined, you, you couldn't just join with like a Buds contract. You couldn't join with, a um, or, or the Marine Corps, you couldn't definitely become an infantryman. You know? Right. Um, so there were, those things and then uh for the pj cct pipeline which i was really leaning hard for um in high school but <clears throat> i just didn't have a good feeling about it like with uh like because you you join but you don't know if you're going to be a cct guy or a pj or, or what's going to happen to you um, so i just felt like my my fate was kind of in my hands the the most firmly with uh going the ranger uh, getting the ranger contract and going that route
1: yeah. Cause it gave you like a certain pipeline, right? Like, right.
0: Yeah. You know exactly what you're going to do. Minus, you know, you could, I could have been a fucking mortarman, which would have been horrible. I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. Cause I <laughs> but
1: that's um, the only variable like you. you yeah, know, yeah. 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 So. You join, you know,
0: <clears throat> and I mean to be kind of a, I've always been kind of a, a pessimistic optimist, like another thing that I thought about, you know, the air force pipe like like if you go into the army to become a ranger and you you break your fucking hip in uh, rasp you know you're gonna you're still gonna do that job you're gonna go be a fucking airborne infantryman somewhere you know sure. you're, you're still gonna have kind of a, a similar experience um in the army you're gonna be doing something that you know you still can get excited about and be you can still be a great american as a rasp non-select you know um but in in that other one, it's like, oh, you failed out of, whatever. Okay, you're gonna go, you know, scrape bird shit off a of fucking tarmac in uh, Guam or something. So, uh, yeah, that was that was also it. It was kind of like a, you know, I know I'm not gonna quit anything, but Murphy has a vote, so I don't want to. Oh, for sure. Myself up for that, and yeah, man. In in hindsight, or in you know, looking in the rearview mirror, I'm really glad I took the route I did. I, I
1: having worked with PJs and shit, like
0: it's not something I would have enjoyed.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and it seems like you enjoyed your time, and, and you were pretty good at it. You spent what more than half your career in regiment. Yeah, yeah, I spent all
0: but uh, kind of my twilight tour um, in regiment. I went from uh, you know rifleman to company first sergeant um in regiment, um serving in pretty much every billet up to, above and below that, um in different capacities. Um my final billet was uh you know like basically my last four years in the army I taught ROTC and I was just kinda set myself up to get out. I knew I didn't want to go I didn't want to compete for Sergeant Major. I deferred that a couple times. Yeah. Not deferred not deferred the promotion, but deferred my uh you know deferred uh, my eligibility yeah, uh, for the board. Um, just cause I, I knew I wanted to get out. I was, yeah, I mean, I, I have no regrets. I had an excellent, excellent time, a great run. I made some best friends. Um, I did everything, uh, that, you know, I did everything I set out to do when I joined. Um, <clears throat> and then some, Yeah, you know, uh, everything on my bucket list was pretty much fulfilled except for a uh, knife kill. But, uh, you can't control that one, really. And i I live in fucking Murphy. Almost, I live in East LA now, so I might get that. Yeah, uh, no, anyway. that should be next week or so. Yeah, I almost got one actually walking my dog earlier, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I had a really really great run, um, you know. And then knowing I wasn't gonna compete to be a sergeant major, I, I went and worked a ROTC job and just used that as a way to, you know, kind of uh, lessen the thud when I separated. Um, Yeah. So you
1: just kind of use that to get your ducks in a row. And yeah. Yeah. Did you know what you wanted to do at that point? Um, like when you took the RTC gig, did you kind of have an idea of what you wanted to do when you got out? Like, did you think about going into any kind of contracting gig or, or were you just going to hang it up totally?
0: No, man, I had no fucking idea.
1: Um, I was, I was uh, like for like the first year
0: maybe two years of that, of that job working there. I wasn't even thinking about it. All I was doing was kind of, uh, basically purging that lifestyle. It was, a you know, the regiment is a pretty fucking, it's a hyper, uh, competitive environment. Um, every day you go there, you're, you're just, you're going a hundred miles an hour. It doesn't matter if it's fucking, you know, the day you're signing out to go on leave or, uh, you're doing a company fucking live fire or yeah. you're in combat. Everything there is, 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 is competitive and it's, it's, you're getting after it every day. So I, I had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of habits I needed to shed just in, uh, just in how I frame things, how I frame life, you know, I didn't, yeah, it's just, you in that environment, you're just, uh, you're attacking everything. Everything is a fucking problem.
1: Right? Do you think you were you were ready to purge that kind of stuff, or did you like prove to yourself that, that you know it was more difficult than than you thought it was going to be?
0: No, man. I, I had a pretty. I mean, not to say I had an easy time, um, but I like to think. I, I think throughout my career, something that has, and throughout my life, something that I have, I really have. I can, I can, you know, talk myself up here and say that my probably my number one skill is just adaptability. Yeah. Um, and I think I got that from my childhood. You know, I moved every two and a half or three years as a kid, you know, with my dad, uh, being a regular army guy, we moved around a shitload. Um, so I've learned to kind of adapt to, to new situations. Um, I think I'm learning now in, in post post service life. I think that, uh, what I can't adapt to is fucking holding still. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I need an environment where I'm where I'm constantly needing like like having to adapt. Um but yeah, I think uh when I separated, I once I kinda learned, you know, hey, here's here's what I have to do. I think it wasn't it wasn't adapting to that new life, it was adapting to and man, this is still something I'm I'm fucking learning now. It's it's I'm trying to adapt to taking care of myself. Yeah um, and the fact that you know I' but am, i'm am, I am fucking important right uh that people in my life, whether they're coworkers, loved ones, friends, are all gonna have a better quality of life if I take care of myself yeah um, rather than just always trying to put the uh the team or the mission so to speak first um, so yeah i think I think that was the big one was. Uh, coming out of of that environment where you always have this thing to like work for, you always have this mission. There's always something to do, um, and you have that beaten into you, you know. Like, uh, oh, absolutely. If, if you don't have something to do, I'll fucking find something for you to
1: do, you know. Like,
0: but sometimes, man,
1: you just fucking got to chill out and not do shit. Yeah, you know? and, yeah and it's the self care thing, you know, goes past like the gym and you know, the, yeah. the regular the things that we first think of when uh, when you're talking about like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely a mindset. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, and I, I went to a pretty awesome place to do that. I went to, you know, to New York City, which uh, when I was getting uh, ready to leave, I had, you know, a few choices. You know, I had to kind of a, like Top Gun scenario, like pick your next job. And I want I knew I wanted to do ROTC just because. I wanted to be kind of in an academic environment because my, my fallback was kind of like, Hey, if I don't figure out what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go to college. You know, I'm going to get an undergrad and a master's. And, uh, so the best kind of way for me to, to do a jump offer there was to, you know, take an RTC gig, get a, get a little look at academia, maybe take some courses, uh, you know, myself. Um, so the, uh, the sergeant major of one of the ROTC brigades, uh, had been my first sergeant before. So I gave him a ring. I was like, Hey, I'm leaving. Like, where, where should I go? What should I do? And he's like, he gave me some pretty good advice as far as taking those, those jobs. You know, there's, um, don't pick it, you know, just based off geography. Cause it could be a fucking horrible program. That's, you know, got toxic, a toxic culture, or you may be going to a school that's not necessarily supportive of the ROTC program and that makes it hard. Yada, yada. So, right. He gave me some good uh, some good data points to hunt for in terms of, you know, finding places. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to, like anything else, like who you're working with, you know. And uh, I had been up to New York just to, I had a couple of buddies that lived up there, guys in the, the FD and the NYPD um, that I'd met while I was in 175. Um, and I loved New York. Um, and a guy who was... Uh, he was uh, our comms OIC, like our regimental S6, yeah. uh, and he had gone up there to run that program. So I gave him the call. He's like, oh, fuck yeah, I want you up here. So uh, so yeah, it all, it all worked out. It was uh, either up there, there were a couple of schools out in California I was looking at. But
1: Did you um, think, like during that time, did you think about going back to school yourself? Or did it kind of <laughs> make, make you think that that was absolutely not the, the next step?
0: Oh, like, once I was actually there. Yeah. Um. No, so I took. I mean, yeah. So one of the reasons that I, I went to that school as well was they gave uh, full tuition. Like, so anybody listening that's thinking about taking an ROTC gig, uh, something to think about uh, is not all schools offer tuition remission for their faculty, uh, and then not all schools consider ROTC cadres faculty. Mm. So. The school that I went to, they consider as faculty, gave full tuition remission. So I was able to take, you know, as much school as I wanted um, for basically like the, uh, you know, the the fucking admin costs. So like a semester cost me like 150 bucks. That's uh, sweet. To a school that was, I mean, it was a, a private Vincentian college, St. John's University. I think it's, it runs about 40 grand a year or some shit. Right. So, it's it's not cheap. Uh so what what that really showed me though um <laughs> was that, you know, I I hate to cuz I don't have my undergrad complete yet. I got I got pretty close. Yeah. Um, so I hate to be that guy that's like, "Oh, college is fucking stupid." uh coming out of the mouth of a guy who doesn't have his fucking degree. Yeah. Um, you know, like the people that talk about selection say, that say selections failed. a fucking bullshit but they failed. Yeah. So, um <laughs> But I'll say that it's, it's – I think for younger people like uh, you know, fresh out of high school or a guy that's it's done a, an enlistment or two, I think it's absolutely super important. I think what, what college and academia really do are forge and, and kind of help you learn your path, learn who you are as a person through putting you, you know, kind of like you do in your first enlistment in the Army – they they take you out of, you know, off your mom's tit and they put you in an environment where you have to make your own friends. None of the none of the uh the social structure that you built from the time you were like, you know, a five year old in kindergarten exists anymore. You come there and you make friends based on, you know, who you are. No one no one really gives a shit. So yeah. I think academia and college are great and they teach you a lot of stuff, but I think going into it as kind of a, a late adult learner, um, you do have to manage your expectations, right? Like I, I would, I dropped a couple class more than a couple. I dropped a lot of classes cause I would go to the class and like the, the professor just didn't have their shit together. Yeah. You know? And, and I, I think I would react to it differently now. Like I said, I was going through a transition point of my own where I was like, ah, fucking you suck. I didn't do that shit. But in my mind, you know, in my unconscious mind, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to learn from this fucking dude? He doesn't, yeah, I think that,
1: that makes sense. I mean, compared to someone who goes and just can't stand, you know, their, their peers and the, their views on the world or whatever. Um, Yeah, no, I didn't, I mean,
0: I, I've, I've heard that. And you know what, when I was going to to school there too, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of vets in my classes and I just sat back and watched them be that guy, you know? And I don't know. I, I, I'm different in that I I enjoy sitting back and l- listening to people make them s- fools out of themselves yeah. you know I like to listen to their cuz it gives me a while I might not learn anything about the subject at hand it gives me a data point in where we sit kind of as a people you know yeah. so I can I can sit back and say oh like four or five people have been saying this same shit like where the fuck is this coming from you know mm-hmm. um, or you know these people that have this background kind of think this what makes them think that you know, um, so I don't, I don't see it as like those, those group discussions and stuff and classes that I had, they, they did not fire me up at all. I, I just took them as, you know, as what they were. Like, uh, I, you know, I told a couple of those kids when I was going to school there, I'm like, dude, your, your life is not going to change. Not one motherfucking bit. If you change this person's opinion of this or that. Oh yeah. Um, and it also, your life also won't change for the better or for the worse, if you don't open yourself up and listen to other points of view. So there's like really no perk in being that guy that wants to win, you know, air quotes, win these fucking arguments, um, in academia, all you really do is, is make yourself look like a fucking asshole.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, no, I, I, I did enjoy, um, I enjoyed going to class. I I enjoyed the, you know, uh, the group discussions. I enjoyed, um, assignments i like doing work uh i think for me the the thing in academia that was annoying was just uh archaic inefficient systems like the things that would really trigger me about being in school were like hey go into this you know every teacher has a different fucking system of how they want you to input their work yeah work and like all this shit i like that just drew me up drove me up the fucking wall
1: I was pretty lucky, like, when I went, because I did school right after I got out, and I was lucky, you know, everybody was on the same page, uh, we didn't change formatting systems at all, like, you know, we, I I was on APA the whole time, I didn't change to MLA or any of that bullshit, um, like, all the teachers were, it worked very well together within the programs that I took, um, but Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's just one of those things, too, where, like, you, it's an important transition tool, if you can use it correctly, um, yeah, you know, cause you can throw yourself right into it. Like I stayed really, really busy. Um, I, I stacked my course load so that I could like, um, really, really take advantage of my GI bill. Um, mm-hmm. like I added more courses per semester than, than they recommended, uh, just so, you know, because they were paying per semester, not per credit. Um, you know, I researched how to do that. And like, so that, that kept me busy, um, you know, raising, raising a family at the same time. And, um, but you also get like different interaction with peers, and I, I went to school in Canada, which was uh, like a whole, a whole different culture shock. Uh, yeah, lots yeah. of cheese. Like you gotta eat a lot of cheese up there. I bet. I don't know where the cheese. In. I think you're thinking of Wisconsin, but uh, we what have, we have we syrup, Canada. syrup and uh, Molson. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's if you if you're ready for it. But I, I yeah. know, I mean, I, and I witnessed a lot of like, you know, Canadian reservist guys uh, who would come in and think they were king shit. And, and uh, like you were saying, I would sit back and just kind of, kind of wait. Yeah. Unfortunately, I stuck out like a sore thumb because um, I showed up on time and sat up straight. So professors <laughs> knew me and would usually call me out,
0: you yeah. know, what
1: do you think of this? What do you think of that? Like my yeah. opinion mattered. But, um. but I think, yeah, like. If you use it correctly, it can be really helpful. But I think if you're not ready, you're just going to waste that benefit. That you know, and and they're, they're killer benefits like a full paid yeah. tuition for what you can get uh, for an undergrad and then some. Because I still have like four months left on mine, and I have a two year diploma and a, uh, a bachelor's. So yeah, I, I mean, if you know how to use it, like, and you're ready to use it, you can you can kill it. But like yeah. you were saying,
0: yeah, I think uh, uh, it's it's. I mean, it's still, like, I'm still going to go use that. You mm-hmm. know? I'm just kind of waiting uh, waiting for a time to, like, once the, uh, you know, when the time is right. That's still something I, I want to pursue. Not so much uh, because I want a piece of paper or anything like that. It's just because it's, like, a, a thing I want to, you know. I, I liked doing it. Uh, it's 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 enjoyable to me. If I could find a subject in a school that, that really agrees to me, it's something i you know. Even if I don't get complete my undergrad I don't care. You know, it's just.
1: Do you think you'll you'll use it shit. to uh, benefit you know your current career? We haven't jumped into that, but I guess we can we can go there next. But um, so you're uh, in, you're in film yeah. now, so yeah, uh,
0: yeah. So just to give background for people who uh, uh, don't know me, um, so as I was retiring, I uh, I kind of fell in. I mean, I dude, it was. I had I had my retirement orders. I had uh, a date. You know, I was I was getting ready to get out. I, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. Still, um, it was it was kind of. Uh, I was I was probably just going to go to school, finish my undergrad at, at St. John's, and just kind of see what happens. You know, I had a lot of irons in the fire. I could have done a number of things had I needed to, mm. um, but I just wasn't I wasn't fucking worried about it, man. Um, I was going to like. And, and, and to not to make, I, I sound, that sounds kind of like cavalier and shit, but you know, I was retiring, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't EASing, ETSing. Yeah. I mean, like
1: I have money. I'm yeah. getting money every day. Like I can, you don't this. have, you don't have a family to support. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. I,
0: I have a dog. You yeah. Know? Uh, so like I ha, I can f- live absolutely comfortably. Yeah. More than comfortably without doing shit. So, um, <laughs> When I when I say stuff like that, oh, I don't know what I was gonna do. It's it's not to sound like I'm just like this fucking free spirited dude. I, I I definitely know that I have a set of circumstances that allows that. Um, so, I was just gonna travel and, and you know do shit, but I I fell into uh, a buddy of a buddy got a, a job on a on this NetGeo Geo series. Um, they had uh, you know, it was a subject matter that I had a particular Set of knowledge in, so um, <clears throat> got pulled in to do that. It was supposed to be just a couple weeks. Um, I went there, you know, did a good job, took kind of took to it, so it then became like you know a run of the show kind of thing. Um, while there, you know, I just it's it's you know kind of how stuff used to work, like in, in this business, it's all a lot of word of mouth, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I did that, uh, you know. then. I was like, all right, that was cool. I I would like to pursue that. Um, You know, fell in with a couple of guys who were doing similar things, you know, just uh, tech advising, uh, you know, military-based content. And then uh, through that, I got another job working on another movie. Um, um, Throughout the course of kind of that movie, um, me and these guys said, hey, you know, tech advising is great. I mean, it, it is, man. It's fun. Yeah. It's good money. Um, it's really fun. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, depending on the production and depending on who you work with, there's a lot of freedom for creativity and shit like that without a whole hell of a lot of responsibility, which is nice. Yeah. Um, But at the end of the day, that's what kind of makes you go a little bored of it for guys like us, you know, Um, like my partner now, it's a a team guy, SEAL team five guy. Um, He did 16 years in the seal teams and, for us, after a while, you're like, "Oh, it's great I don't have responsibility," but I also know I could be doing a better job, or you know, I'm putting a lot of work in, using up a lot of my, you know, a lot of my experiences, and this isn't really mine. You know, you don't have ownership. Yeah, some people really like that aspect of it, but you know, um, I don't. So
1: because you so were, were saying, research. like your your name doesn't even necessarily go on the credits as as a tech advisor. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to. Yeah. It can. It doesn't have to. Sometimes
0: yeah. it is, and even if it is on there, it might be, you know, buried in stunts somewhere. The last half, of the world. it's it's definitely you're definitely not being you're definitely not a tech advisor if you want uh, credit, yeah, or, or or anything, yeah. Which is fine. I don't I don't give a shit if it's not my thing, um, but it's it's also frustrating because you, as a tech advisor, you do. Again, depending, like some some productions you're going to be doing. I, as a tech advisor, if it's working the way it should, you're like the only guy minus the director, right? Or actually, I'll just say you're the only guy that does this. You're the only guy who can go directly to the head of any department. You can go directly to the director. You can go directly to a producer. Any of those people, you have like direct line to them, right? There's no other person on that set that has that kind of freedom of movement and that much input into so many different things. Right. right? Um, but yet, you know, your, your name in the credits is like fucking 15 seconds after the guy who made sandwiches. (laughs) So it's, it's really, it's a, it's weird. Yeah. It's this it's this weird thing. And it's also one of those things that like, they don't know what they don't know. Right. So, people are like, why the fuck did this guy get hired for this? And it's like, you don't, they don't know what they don't know. Right. So like, if you've never had any touches on the military whatsoever, like you don't really even know what the fucking difference between the army and the Marines are. Right. That's 95% of Hollywood and the people that work in it. Oh yeah. So if a resume comes across their desk, right. And they're like, Hey, we need a tech advisor. Like, or, or what they'll, they'll say, we need a military guy. Right. So if they get a guy's resume and he was like a fucking field artilleryman in the National Guard in the '80s, you know, if that guy can write that out in a certain way, they're like, "This sounds fucking awesome. This guy's great." You know, it does, right. to some to someone who has no idea, that guy's resume doesn't really look different from any other dude's resume. Oh, for right? sure. The only thing that really pops for people is the uh, two words "Navy SEAL," right? So, um, it's 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 difficult to a make them understand the breadth of your, of your knowledge, because mm-hmm. a lot of times they have worked with somebody who was the tech advisor, who's a fucking moron.
1: Right. So they've already got a bad taste. in mouth, um,
0: And also they don't really understand how the military works. So they don't understand that you like know fucking everything. Right. Yeah. Like they don't understand that, you know, in, the, in one of the movies I did, they're doing stuff with helicopters and fucking all this other stuff. And they're like, well, you, I'm like, yeah, I know I know how the fuck that shit works. Like, those are the dudes who gave me a ride. You know, yeah. like I, I fucking understand that stuff too. They're like, oh really? Like or or they they would try and, you know, hire another guy to do like a fucking thing for a medic. You know, they're like, oh, we got this guy, he's a doctor. I'm like, this is a true story. Yeah. So they hired uh they hired this dude who's a fucking doctor to come out and advise on a day when we had a scene where a guy was like basically got wounded and was getting fucking, you know buddy aid and i'm like yeah. why the fuck do you bring this guy out like, well, he's, he's a they're like he's a doctor I'm like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about like he, he was no shit an anesthesiologist dude. Oh my and they God. were like and this guy was out there like trying to explain how he you know you would like treat a casualty and I, I went to the and i was like get this dude the fuck out of here man i was like i know he's gonna i know you got brought him out here you're gonna pay him but he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about
1: yeah give him and give like, him lunch okay. and send him home
0: yeah. So that's just a good example of like the, the tech advisor world of they just don't know. So it's, it's, it becomes kind of frustrating in the end because you're like, dude, you're, you're fucking all this stuff up, but I'm the tech advisor, you know, um, all these different little things. Cause you, you're only one dude, you can only control so much shit, you know? So anyway, that's why me and, and my partner are really, you know, pushing to, you know, develop and produce our own content to, you know, do some of our own stuff. He, he's already uh, done a couple projects uh, as a producer. I, I got producer credit on one show. Um, but as of yet, we haven't done anything produced
1: together. So the company um, name isn't actually in anything yet, but I mean, is that, no, is that something no. you're kind of pushing towards like for, for war office productions to, uh, you know, to be a household name like in Hollywood?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. Um, you know, the, the, the end game, right. Is everybody knows who Dale Dye is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't want to be tech advisors, but we want to be that name, right? We, we want to be that, that like, Oh, we're making military content. We need to call these guys and like ask them. So then we can like either provide them with a, uh, a consultant that has like kind of producer type authority in their production. Right. um, or we can just give them tech advisors who we know are good, right? Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of like the Dale Dye model. Is he he doesn't tech advise all the things that he has his name on him for credit, but what he does do is provide them with people that he has vetted and vetted as subject matter experts in that particular area of military whatever. Um, and then additionally, the thing that's uh, the thing a lot of people leave out when they think of like tech advising is an understanding of filmmaking as well. Right. Like you can be the most experienced operator, Navy SEAL sniper, Delta force, fucking whatever commando dude that can fly a fucking stealth. But if you don't understand how filmmaking works or how the process of, you know, uh, from tooth to tail of how a movie is made, Mm -hmm. then you're, you're probably going to do okay, but you're not going to, you're not going to make the movie any really different, right? You're going to, you're going to get all those, those technical things are going to be taken care of. Um, but you're not going to, uh, your skills are not going to be put to work how they would be if you had an understanding of filmmaking, right? How to like set up a shot, how to, you know, uh, framing things, lenses, all the, all these different things, like knowing, you know how to capture what the director is looking for, um, because again, they don't have any frame of reference. They don't know, right? They don't they don't know what looks cool because they've never seen any of this shit.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, um, and, and they don't. Yeah, they just they just don't know what natural looks like, right? So, a good example I I have of that is just <clears throat> if you've ever watched, if you've ever watched a movie about hockey, right? And you'll notice that whoever the star is of the movie, right? The only time they show them on the ice is in a really tight frame, right? Yeah. Like shoulders and up. Cause they can't fucking skate, you know? They probably yeah. got the role. They probably had like three or four months to fucking learn how to skate. And they can skate a little bit, but they don't look natural, right? It doesn't look right. And that's why they just go tight on them because they don't, they have that weird, look. And even when they go tight on them, they look weird. Right. So they, they try to like limit that as much as possible. Yeah. A lot of times they'll do that on dry land. So they don't look all weird and the same, you can see the same thing with when people ride motorcycles, right? Like there's a person who's very comfortable on a motorcycle and a person who knows how to ride one, but they're not proficient. Right. It looks very different. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of the ways I kind of try to explain it to directors is like, you don't know what you're looking for but you see it when it's there.
1: Yeah. I, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, because like, you know, as guys, guys like us, um, you know, some, I mean, even some people who served aren't going to know what they're looking for, but, um, but you're going to know when something looks fucked up.
0: Yeah. And you don't even necessarily need to have served it. Uh, if it's not, and I'm not talking about like a technical aspect, right? Like I'm yeah. talking about a type of rifle. I'm talking about just how the fucking person looks. Yeah. Like how they act. Yeah. Right? And you can tell, you know, if, if they look unnatural, if they're, you know, if when they get handed a rifle and it's like them holding a fucking live poisonous snake, they're going to look and act different when they're do when they're spitting their lines. Yeah. So those are, those are all things that like, they don't think of that. You know, a a director doesn't think that way. He's just like, Oh, he's just holding guns, whatever. And it's like, no, it's going to make him act different you know if he's not comfortable with it. So anyway, it's all those it's all those things and it's all these like when we tech advise, these are all the battles. It's like going into a production for us is like kind of like groundhog day cuz we're like, "Oh, here we go. Here comes this fucking talk. Here comes this talk. Here comes this." You know, like they don't understand the importance of all these things, right? But then by end, you know, to a show everybody hates our fucking guts for, you know, the first month and then when we leave, they they're like, "Ah, oh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This you guys saved the movie. Oh my god, thanks. You know, but <laughs> but for the first first month, they fucking want to. You know, we're just huge pains in their asses. So it's it's, it's deep getting guys that are are kind of our skill set, like guys who are experienced in filmmaking and experienced in the military, to have this this very unique skill set, so that we can provide productions. Uh, these people, right? And and ultimately, what we want to do is is help guys who want to get into this industry, help them get into this industry, you know? And that's not always, uh, you know, I have guys ask all the time, like how do you, it's not always the answer that they want to get.
1: You yeah. Know? You were saying that, uh, uh,
0: like, Oh, I want to get into this. Like, okay, cool, man. Like, so what did you do? Like I was in, you know, let's say I was, I was like an SF guy for six years. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, you could probably tech advise and do okay. But what I would recommend for a guy like that is, yeah, go to fucking film school. <laughs> you know, or, or, uh, you know, go, go be a fucking camera PA on some shit, you know, like start at the bottom of the film industry, learn how film is made. And then you have this ex- ex- extra skill set of being a fucking army guy or whatever guy that you can use to do these other things. Because yeah. if, if, if you're not like, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I got fucking lucky as shit. You know, I fell into something and, and, but that is to say, I fell into it because I did 20 fucking years in the army.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you, did. you, you bring a whole ton of, you know, different experiences to the table and, uh, and a lot of knowledge, right? Um, it's not like, you right. Did, yeah. You, so you I, didn't just draw a lucky card. Uh, you had, the Right. right yeah. but you had this stuff to go along with it.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, every kind of every, every job I've gotten, it's because I have some sort of connection to the, to the, the story. You know, yeah. I have, I bring something to the story. So that has been through 20 years of, of paying my fucking dues. Yeah. Right? So if you're not a guy like that, if you're not a, a, a very well-rounded, uh, dude military wise, then you need to get more well-rounded filmmaking wise. right? And that is, you know, watch, fuck tons of movies. Don't just watch war movies, watch all movies, you know, go to film school, try, you know, fuck, be- become a stunt man, you know, uh, get in, get into some aspect of filmmaking other than just the gun stuff. Yeah. Right? Other than just the, the technical military stuff. Um, and that's something that, that, that I do. I'm probably going out, um, like next week, I'm going to go be a fucking camera PA for a week for a guy that I know that's, a uh, uh, director of photography for this movie that's happening.
1: Cool. I'm going to go out and
0: do that just to fucking, just so I learn some shit about how the fucking camera crew works. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah, you gotta kind of uh, you you gotta treat this this industry much like the military, and that is that you know you gotta clean pee off toilet seats for a while before you can you know put dudes out of an aircraft. You know what I mean?
1: Like, Which is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of guys. You know, paying paying yeah. dues uh, after I mean, especially after a retirement, um, but after you know however many years of service and deployments and whatever. Yeah, um, I think that's, you know, that, and that's, it goes back to the school thing. It, you know, um, a lot of, I think that's why a lot of guys have trouble adapting to that lifestyle, um, of, yeah. of academia is, you know, why am I down here when I've already done all this, but yeah, and I,
0: I, I was talking to somebody about that the other day. I'm like the, the thing that makes like, and I go back to that same word, adaptability, right? mm-hmm. like the thing that makes you good in the military, it makes, makes, I think soft good is adaptability, right? Like being able to adapt something. But I think the thing that where it comes into play in post-service life is yeah. Like dropping the, like not even dropping your pride or dropping your ego. Ego is healthy to have. It's just, it's, it's reframing what you're doing, right? It's like the world doesn't, make you do anything right? yeah you're you're doing something and it's it's just what you frame it into doing so if you're like you know a, a PA on a set and your are your whole job is to make sure people have a bottle of water all day like that's not bad like you're doing something you're you're getting noticed you're going to be the best fucking bottled water hander <laughs> outer ever and then you know a year from now when some the director on that production like says oh remember that." Like, we need somebody this. Like, oh, you remember that guy that was handing out water? Yeah, that guy used to be in the Army. Yeah, oh, fuck, no shit. Maybe he can help us, you know, train guys for this thing. You yeah. Know, maybe. Let's give him a call, you know. But guys just want to, they want to skip to the head of the line, you know, um, because of what they've done before. And it's just not how it works. And then the other thing to think of, too, is just how full of shit everybody in this town is, you know, and how how... Yeah, you, I, and anybody else who comes into this industry, we're getting fucked because of how many dudes have misrepresented themselves. You know, and and I've seen it happen. Like one of the one of the jobs I had was because a guy that they hired before misrepresented himself, and they had to replace him. You know, so it's like they have their hackles up. You know, so like your what you say you've done, or even what your resume says you've done, it doesn't really mean much. It's like really, it's it's them getting to see you work yeah
1: you do, you know? yeah that's interesting i think um i mean reputation is everything right and if uh yeah but unfortunately like you're like you were just saying like you're held to other people's reputations as well because if if somebody's are yeah. you know if somebody's a production team has already been burned by somebody with the exact same credentials as you then you know what are what are you doing to make it better but i think um I think you and your partner definitely have, uh, have the good, the good business model going, um, you know, and trying to and, and almost trying to do everyone else's service as well. And, vet vet other guys trying to get into the industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, trying to help everybody there out. And, and it, it's sometimes there's, like I said, man, there's some growing pains with it every time. Um, because you come there, you're this person that, most of the time that department head has never worked with someone like you, right? Unless they've done other military stuff, which most of the time they haven't. If you think about the amount of movies that are made and how many of them are military movies, it's really small. Mm. Right. So you go and you show up, on, you know, for pre-production and you have, let's say it's the costume department. You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm Jericho. I'm here to check out all this. and They're like, uh, but I'm the costume part of head. And you're like, yeah, but I, I need to take a look, make sure everything's right. And they're like, yeah, but that's my job. You know? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I got it, but I, I, I need to make sure.
1: And, yeah. I'm just going to uh, help.
0: And it's, it's always like, it's always a, it always ends up like, all right, I, I can fucking, you can just let me do this or I can go and fucking talk to the director or talk to one of the producers. And they're going to fucking tell you that you have to let me do this. So, <laughs> you know? I'm good with either way. Yeah. But then by the end, once they figure out like, Hey, if I talk to this guy early and often and get this shit fixed, he's going to make my life, probably make my life easier. Yeah. Because A lot of times they, they go just pee for plenty on a lot of stupid shit. And you're like, no, you don't need to do that. Just do this and this. And they're like, Oh fuck man. Thanks. You know, but it, uh, it usually starts with that in, in basically every department. Is them like, well, who are you? Like, I'm, and, then, and then if you're telling them this, then what am I doing? And they're going to fucking not need me anymore. So I need to make myself important. So, yeah, there's a lot of weird uh, little things that you deal with this, in, this, in this job. Um, you don't, but again, you have to be adaptable, you know, and you have to approach all these different people in different ways and be like, hey, man, I just, I'm trying to make your life easier. You know, like uh, I'm going to tell you something and it's going to end up changing. So you can just listen to me and like, and, and come to me early and we'll figure it out. Or you can be a dick and we're going to have to change it like 20 minutes before showtime. You know,
1: do you think when you guys establish yourselves a little bit more, um, you know, just past you you and your partner, like, you know, doing jobs on your own, um, and actually taking on like employees or, or doing referrals or whatever, do you think you'll kind of do some kind of train up for guys? Um, and you know giving them a rundown of your experiences what to expect and stuff like that as far as training
0: guys in how to be a good tech advisor
1: yeah i mean which is which sounds extremely difficult given you know the, uh, all the well, dynamics we, you're talking about but
0: yeah, so we kind of have that model uh, in place already so i mean and that's kind of how i was brought in um, with ray is you know got you know in every every time you get a job right you you, you kind of do you know, you do a contract with uh, with the production. Um, and while you're kind of negotiating your contract, uh, they say, well, how many people do you need for your department? Because you're kind of a department head. You work, A lot of times you work under the stunt department, but for some they kind of just consider us our own department. Um, so in that negotiation, I always try to kind of get an extra dude. And, and I bring an extra dude on um, and, and just – yeah give him a taste of it, you know because yeah. he can get he can get hired he or she can get hired in that capacity, and then they can just you know they're kind of our our gopher for our department and they offer all those little technical things you know usually it's it's going to happen in like kind of the training phase of of the production um, and then hopefully we can kind of swindle them into staying on the job in like a stunt capacity or something like that. but we do we do kind of do that already. Um, and it's just uh, a matter of, of trying to get more guys on. Um, we've also, uh, we'll bring guys on sometimes, you know, I did it for, uh, one job. I went down I was like, all right, I'm going to go down there. I'm just going to help. I'm not going to get paid, you know? And then a week into that, then somebody's like, dude, you're doing awesome. Let's put you on the contract. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, kind of ad hoc ways of doing that, which we yeah. already do. Um, as far as it being like a like a pipeline, like, hey, we're gonna train you how to be a tech advisor, it's it's not really something that you can train in like a a period of instruction type model. It's 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 you definitely have to kind of do OJT with it and and you know a lot of the job is just dealing with people and personalities. You know and Dealing with inconsistencies, like that's that's something I have to, you know, like it's something that that bothers me. It's why you know we want to be producers of our own content is because we can take all that bullshit consistency out. You know, like
1: definitely, uh,
0: yeah, just you know, it's it's it's, it's these people are not in the military and they it, a lot of these departments, a lot of people, it's 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 a job to them. It's not it's not a big deal. So it's like they. Yeah, consistently inconsistent is a good way of putting a lot of people in this in this industry. Oh, of course. Where you're like, what the fuck? You know, it it drives guys like us crazy. You're like, dude, we've been showing up here every day for the last like five weeks doing it this way, and now you're just you just did something totally like, what the fuck is wrong? True. So yeah, it's just uh, you know showing people how to kind of navigate through that. But like really, like I said, there's. that's not something you can really teach, you know, no,
1: but you You can definitely show, like you were saying, you know, do an OJT and, and kind of let somebody know this is what it's like. And they can, they can jump out if, uh, if they decide it's definitely not for them.
0: Exactly. And then the other thing that OJT provides is, you know, something that, I mean, on my, uh, one of the movies I did, I was like, if I fucking hear one more time, this is how we do it in Hollywood. I'm going to lose my shit. (laughs) And I, I yeah, because everybody there, because they've never probably worked with someone like you before, they all assume it's your first fucking movie. They all assume it's your first production. They all assume that like you don't know yeah. what you're talking about. They just think you're the fucking gun guy, you know? And you're like, like actually I've done fucking this many things with these fucking people. So I know how the fuck movies work. You're a fucking yep. idiot.
1: You know? Uh Which is another reason to do what you were talking about and and kind of you know learn to work on cameras and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you can you know if you have if you've been you know fly on the wall on on a few movies and you know like hey no that's bullshit that guy's wrong you know then you can call these these departments out you know and and if you haven't been there's just like there's all there's you know it's 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 an industry and it has all its little jargon and it has its buzzwords just like just like the military does, you know? And if you don't know what those buzzwords are, and if you don't know, like just the daily operation of a set and like what stuff means, like, and you, you're going to like, it, it's going to give you less credibility when you do have to go up and be like, Hey, no motherfucker. You're, you're wrong. Right. So yeah, that's, that's a big thing is just getting guys, uh, that experience level of, of, uh, just kind of learning the buzzwords really
1: you know, yeah like how stuff works well and, and i mean it goes it goes full circle right it's just the same way that you're gonna pick stuff out they they're gonna pick stuff out when you can test it so yeah yeah yeah
0: but yeah, yeah yeah anytime anytime we get um get on anything our our first our first inkling is always like all right who can we bring on with us that's awesome you know like um I don't think there's been anything yet that we've worked on. We haven't been able to get a few guys, at least, you know, like a couple weeklies or some stunt shit or something just coming on. To
1: and is that, so taste. is that all soft dudes that you're pulling in? Or do you have, uh, have kind of some regular guys and guys from outside the military in your stable that, uh, that can give expertise?
0: Um, it's yeah, so far it's been all soft guys just cause I mean, that's all I ever did. So that's yeah. really most of the guys I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Well,
1: I wasn't then, sure if uh, because you said the Nat Geo series, and I think it wasn't that was based off of uh, First ID, wasn't it?
0: It was uh, First Cav. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. I mean i I was kind of along the
0: ride for that one. Yeah, that was my first thing, um, but yeah, they, they had a bunch of other they had a bunch of guys who were actually from the unit there, yeah. helping out and doing stuff. Yeah, and there is still some of my good good buddies I talk to a lot, or a couple of the guys from that. Uh, that we're in that unit. Um, But yeah, so far it's, it's all uh, soft guys. I got a couple buddies who are uh, cops who um, I've done a couple, not a couple I've done, I did, my last project was kind of law enforcement centric. Mm -hmm. Um, So the guy couldn't come down, but I I definitely leaned on his, uh, I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of advice and shit from him as far as like, you know, just how cops do shit. Um, just to make it more authentic, but yeah, like definitely if there's ever, you know, a specific reason or need to bring on someone with a, a different skill set, then yeah, I, I have people I can reach out to for that. For so, sure. But for the most part, you know, it's just, uh, with running and gun and stuff, they just want, you know, guys to have
1: a certain look. So I'll look I'll yeah. for
0: that look, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. Sweet, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Do you uh, do you have anything you want to plug? I know you guys have. Uh, I don't know if the website is still up and running, um, or if you have. Yeah, anything our website's on
0: there. our website's still up and running. Um, we're actually going through like a transition with it right now. Just put together a new reel, but cool. I think that that website is fuck one two three four. It's like four. It's like four movies old. So we have like. Uh, four new things we need to get content from and put in there. Um, But you know how it goes, man. We're just like busy doing other shit.
1: Oh, absolutely. uh,
0: Yeah. It's, it's still okay. It's still an okay. Um, Our sizzle, little sizzle reel on there is still okay. Yeah. Um, But no, nothing, nothing to plug, man. I just wanted to kind of come on and, and talk about, you know, transitioning into this industry and, and, and give guys kind of a, a sanity check on, Hey, like, you know, Here's what you should do because, dude, the, the, the industry is flooded, you know. Um, it's flooded with with dudes wanting to do it. Um, so you have to do something that sets you apart.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's an awesome opportunity and, and you guys are, you know, going above and beyond by, you know, you've had that opportunity to jump into the industry and then you're, you're trying to give the right people exposure to it as well, um, which is pretty honorable.
0: Yeah, I hope, uh, I mean... I would love it if if, you know, fucking fifteen, ten, fifteen years from now there's you know, a whole fucking stable of of vets doing camera work and special effects and grip work and all this other shit was just
1: you know, Hollywood
0: was run by veterans when it started and it, it needs to go back to that again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh we we went through a, a couple decades of shitty movies, so it's gonna be really weird when when they're yeah. they're all uh you know, top notch tech advising. The scripts will probably still suck, but
0: yeah, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's all it's all about the money now. You know? Amen. But I would say, uh, if you really want to make money in this town, become like a superhero or a fucking cartoon, because they're gonna make Mary Poppins Nine before they're gonna make fucking the story of Cocker Gar. You know what I'm saying?
1: True. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, you and Willie, take care, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Take care, brother. Have a good one. Uh, The biggest, I I think the biggest misperception is that somehow we're damaged, that nothing, nothing really can stop us.